Section 5 of Fantasy, Fairies and Ghosts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sandra. Fantasy, Fairies and Ghosts by Various. Section 5. The Carasoin, Chapter 1, The Mountain Stream. Once upon a time there lived in a valley in Scotland a boy about twelve years of age, the son of a shepherd. His mother was dead and he had no sister or brother. His father was out all day on the hills with his sheep, but when he came home at night he was as sure of finding the cottage neat and clean, the floor swept, a bright fire and his supper waiting for him as if he had had a wife and daughter to look after his household, instead of only a boy. Therefore, although Colin could only read and write, he knew nothing of figures. He was ten times wiser and more capable of learning anything than if he had been at school all his days. He was never at a loss when anything had to be done. Somehow he always blundered into the straight road to his end, while another would be putting on his shoes to look for it. And yet all the time that he was busiest working, he was busiest building castles in the air. I think the two ought always to go together. And so Colin was never overworked, but had plenty of time to himself. In winter he spent it in reading by the fireside, or carving pieces of wood with his pocket-knife, and in summer he always went out for a ramble. His great delight was in a little stream which ran down the valley from the mountains above. Up this burn he would wander every afternoon with his hands in his pockets. He never got far, however he was so absorbed in watching its antics. Sometimes he would sit on a rock, staring at the water, as it hurried through the stones, scolding, expostulating, muttering, and always having its own way. Sometimes he would stop by a deep pool and watch the crimson-spotted trouts, darting about as if their thoughts and not their tails sent them where they wanted to go. And when he stopped at the little cascade, tumbling smooth and shining over a hollowed rock, he seldom got beyond it. But there was one thing which always troubled him. It was that when the stream came near the cottage, it could find no other way than through the little yard where stood the cowhouse and the pigsty, and there, not finding a suitable channel, spread abroad in a disconsolate manner, becoming rather a puddle than a brook, all defiled with the treading of the cloven feet of the cow and the pigs. In fact, it looked quite lost and ruined, so that even after it had, with much labour, got out of the yard again, it took a long time to gather itself together, and not quite succeeding, slipped away as if ashamed, with spent forces and poverty-stricken speed, till at length, meeting the friendly help of a rivulet coming straight from the hills, it gathered heart and bounded on afresh. It can't be all that the cow drinks that makes the difference, said Colin to himself, 
The pigs don't care about it. I do believe it's affronted at being dashed about. The cow isn't dirty, but she's rather stupid and inconsiderate. The pigs are dirty. Something must be done. Let me see. He reconnoitred the whole ground. Upon the other side of the house all was rock, through which he could not cut, and he was forced to the conclusion that the only other course for the stream to take lay right through the cottage. To most engineers this would have appeared the one course to be avoided, but Colin's heart danced at the thought of having his dear burn running right through the house. How cool it would be all the summer, how convenient for cooking, and how handy at meals, and then the music of it. How it would tell him stories and sing him to sleep at night. What a companion it would be when his father was away and then he could bathe in it when he liked. In winter, ah, to be sure, but winter was a long way off. The very next day his father went to the fair, so Colin set to work at once. It was not such a very difficult undertaking, for the walls of the cottage, and the floor as well, were of clay, the former nearly sun-dried into a brick, and the latter trampled hard but still both assailable by pickaxe and spade. He cut through the walls and dug a channel along the floor, letting in stones in the bottom and sides. After it got out of the cottage and through the small garden in front, it should find its own way to the channel below, for here the hill was very steep. The same evening his father came home. "'What have you been about, Colin?' he asked in great surprise, when he saw the trench in the floor. "'Wait a minute, father,' said Colin, "'till I have got your supper, and then I'll tell you.' So when his father was seated at the table, Colin darted out, and hurrying up to the stream, broke through the bank just in the place whence a natural hollow led straight to the cottage. The stream dashed out like a wild creature from a cage, faster than he could follow, and shot through the wall of the cottage. His father gave a shout, and when Colin went in, he found him sitting with his spoon halfway to his mouth, and his eyes fixed on the muddy water which rushed foaming through his floor. "'It will soon be clean, father,' said Colin, "'and then it will be so nice.' His father made no answer, but continued staring. Colin went on with a long list of the advantages of having a brook running through your house. At length his father smiled and said, You are a curious creature, Colin, but why shouldn't you have your fancies as well as older people? We'll try it a while, and then we'll see about it. The fact was, Colin's father had often thought what a lonely life the boy's was, and it seemed hard to take from him any pleasure he could have. So out rushed Colin at the front, to see how the brook would take the shortest way headlong down the hill to its old channel. And to see it go tumbling down that hill was a sight worth living for. "'It is a mercy,' said Colin. "'It has no neck to break.' or it would break twenty times in a minute. 
it flings itself from rock to rock right down, just as I should like to do if it weren't for my neck. All that evening he was out and in without a moment's rest, now up to the beginning of the cut, now following the stream down to the cottage, then through the cottage and out again at the front door to see it dart across the garden and dash itself down the hill. At length his father told him he must go to bed. He took one more peep at the water, which was running quite clear now, and obeyed. His father followed him presently. End of section 5